Amen. Let's say thank you to our new friends, Dan and Natalie. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because so much of the world looks at us and says that we're kind of a pain. We're, we've been a burden. We've been a drain on society. Amen? But you come into the church, and the church says, you're the one that Jesus died for. You know, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He didn't came to make the rich richer, right? So when we look at people, and I'm going to use like Dan and Natalie, when you come into a church and you see like normal people living a normal life, and they love you, they don't even know you, but they feel like they want to be a part of who you are and what you do, it, it amazes me that God puts that kind of spirit into people, you know? I mean, I, I, I immediately loved Dan when he came because he has that spirit, right? And we've already, we already loved Natalie for a long time. But it's amazing when God's people show so much love and support for something that we're doing. Amen? When I look out today, I, I am so proud of what I see. You know, when somebody tells me that somebody cannot be rehabilitated and they celebrate two years, have two jobs, got, cust you know, visitation with their says. That reminds them of the old song that we used to sing at Victory Outreach. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. And that's what Tony did. That's what Jasmine did. Right? That's what Matt did. That's what we all have done. That's mine and I want it back. You know, Ernst talked about that to... Uh, much is given, much is expected. But what I want to say to you, it's not like God's up there saying, I gave you this and now you owe me this. What happens is when you are set free, you are so grateful, you want. You want to do something, right? I want to go talk to high schoolers or I want to teach cooking lessons, not even like food. Amen, Amen. right? Greg's our culinary director. He doesn't even really care about food, Right? <laughs> And he hates mayonnaise. Come on. Who hates mayonnaise? I, I don't know if we could remain friends, you know, because I love me some Kraft Mayo. Not no Miracle Whip, Terry Bumper. Don't be trying to put that off on me. Ain't no Miracle Whip. Right. So we are going to continue on in Romans, and we are in Romans 5, uh, 15 through 17. Has anybody ever heard of a forever stamp? It seems like a good idea, right? You go to the post office and you're going to buy some stamp. Like I go to this post office sometimes for the bridge and I'll spend like three, four, five, six hundred dollars on stamps. And that's a lot of money. If I'm going for myself, man, I, I want like two stamps, right? But the person at the post office says, hey, you can buy these forever stamps. And I'm like, well, what is a forever stamp? She's like, if you, you buy it like... Buy like $500 worth of them because as stamps go up, that's all you need to put on it. So you never have to add more postage. So it's a good deal. So as I'm reading Romans, I'm thinking that's kind of like the forever stamp, right? 
there's a cost up front, but you're going to cash in in the long run, right? We get the bonus in the end. And that's the beauty of what is going on in the book of Romans. We learned last week about how death and sin entered through one poor guy. We're still complaining about him. We're still gossiping about him. We're still making jokes about him and puns about him. Thousands of years later, right? Bummer. I would hate for that to be me. I'm going to do my best to make sure that in 2,000 years, people aren't telling jokes about me. I hope they're maybe telling good stories about eating or something or barbecuing or whatever, hanging out with my friends. But I'm going to go ahead and read this text. So in, in verse uh, 15, it says, But God's free gift is not like the trespass, for many died through one man's trespass, and much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace that one man, Jesus, abounded for many, and the free gift is not like the rest of the one man's sin. For the judgment that follows one, trust, one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Verse 17. If, if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign through one man, Jesus Christ. So we have to make the decision. I talk about this every week. We have, if we look at how tonight has played out so far, we have this, this huge contrast, right? We had Ernst get up and talk pretty much about what I am saying now. We had Vanessa share the horrible news about Reed. But then we have Jasmine get up and talk about the victory that she has in following Christ, right? Reed was a believer, so I believe that right now Reed is in heaven. He's at peace. He's like, what's the big deal? I'm okay. But those of us that want to stay on this side of eternity, we have a choice to make, and we have a decision to make. Are we going to invest in our future? Am I going to buy that forever stamp so that someday when I don't have enough money to pay for the postage, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's right. I bought those forever stamps. I made that investment so in the future I could cover what I needed to cover. So that's what we have to look at in ourselves. Are we making that investment like tonight? Are we sitting here tonight listening to the sermon, taking notes, studying, saying, hey, yeah, I, 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 I get that. Or no, I don't want that to be my picture up here. I want to be more like the story over here. I want to be more like the, the 18 years of sobriety or what, 17, 18 years that Tony has. And I remember, that's, that's the thing about getting older, right? You, you, people say this. I, people say, well, old people say that. Because I, I, I met Tony at the back door. Somebody brought him in and introduced him because he needed a ride home. And, uh, and uh, it seemed literally like months ago that I met him at the back door, and it was his first night at Regen. And all these years have passed, and yeah, he struggled a lot. Lots of falls, lots of mistakes, but 
the investment is being made. And that's what matters, that we're investing in our future because, as Ern said, he has been given much, much as is expected. You know, I asked God to give me some of the things back that I feel like he took for me, my ability to walk, to talk, to read, to write, my ability to tell time, my ability to dress myself, to brush my teeth, to feed myself. You know, imagine being 40 years old and you're being fed Gerber graduates with a baby plastic spoon by your wife, right? That sucked. I wanted my old life back. And I, I, I asked God, I'll do anything. And he gave me a little. And I took it. And, and he gave me more, and he gave me more, and he gave me more. And I believe the reason he's given me as much as I have is because I was faithful with those things he gave me. So what is God giving you? What is God asking you? What is God requiring of you? Sometimes it's just a good word. Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement to somebody, a pat on the back, like a smile, like how you doing, how you feeling, how things going, congratulations, you know. I saw Christina tonight, and she, it was really cool because she had two jobs to choose from. So I'm like, well, which job did you take? Well, I took the one I really wanted, right? So, yes, a year in rehab is a long time, but as you invest in yourself, you start to see the investment pay off in a future. Like, hey, I get some things back. I got a phone, right? I got a job. I'm going to have money. I can go for a walk, right? Things that may seem simple, but they're things that many of us have lost because of our choices, but as you get them back, it's pretty cool. So I have this paper that actually Tommy wrote for me that I want to share. It says, the way Christ revised Adam's fall. Um, through, Adam's, through Adam's offense, it says, many have died. Through Christ's gift, many, many live. So you say, well, what about Reed? Yes, Reed physically died. But it says in Scripture, and I actually finished his funeral this morning, and one of the scriptures I put in says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? And so what that means, and I want, like, even before I was a believer, right, what, what tripped me out is as a paramedic, I had the opportunity to look into so many people's eyes. I, I can't eat, I, for a long time I counted how many people died in front of me, and I just, I lost, I lost track. But... I was having lunch with somebody, with Larry the other day, and I was telling him that what always tripped me out, even though I really didn't believe, was when you look in somebody, somebody's eyes, you see them. You know, I'm looking at Marcus right now. When I look in Marcus's eyes, I see Marcus. You know, I know Marcus. Marcus is funny. He's quirky. I see him, right? When I look at him, I like, I like when our eyes lock and, and we, we, we smile, Right? Right? Ain't nothing weird. I love my brother. Right? Right? Amen. But what I'm saying is, when you have the opportunity to look into somebody's eyes, somebody's eyes as they die, they become empty. There is nothing you can look right. They're, you, they're empty. There's an absence of anything. And I always just say, well, it's like, where did they go? Like, 
you, you ask yourself that he's in, even as a non where did they go? Because they are no longer in there. And then you become a believer and you come across the scripture that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're like, oh, that's where they went, right? Amen. And it's cool to know that. It's cool to know that when someone breathes their last and closes their eyes or leaves their eyes open, it doesn't matter to know that they're immediately, they don't go to a waiting room somewhere. There, there's no purgatory. There's no eternal waiting room. They are straight in the presence of the Lord. Amen? It says, Adam's offense brought judgment and condemnation. Who here has felt condemned or condemnation for what they've done? Like, who's just, I just feel plain horrible about what I've done, right? And who, who of us have been condemned? People point, it's because of you, right? You ruined my life. I think we've all heard that, you know? But Adam's offense brought rain and death, but the gift of, of, of Christ is righteousness and life. He came to right that wrong. So if you look at Adam, Adam is a kind of a Christ. He, Adam brought sin and death, and Christ brought life. And, he, and in John 10, 10, 10 says he brought it more what? More abundantly. He didn't come to give you just a little bit. He didn't come just to give you a crumb, to give you a morsel, right? He came to give you as much as you want, as much as you're willing to take, as much as you can be trusted with. And does he want to give you just a little bit? No. He wants to give you a whole lot. He wants to give you the whole thing. I was looking at these, these, these cakes that Greg baked today. And, man, they look good. They were these big loaves. And, man, I wanted the whole thing. But, no, they cut them up and brought them out here. And everybody got to them. I mean, I got, I got one, you know. But we don't want just a little, right? Right? People were saying, I, people didn't want just a piece of pizza. They wanted to take a whole box of pizza in here, right? Right? That's the way we are, you know? I had to remind so many people in line, yes, you can have a piece. You can't have the whole box. If there's leftovers, amen, take it. But Christ wants to bless us with that whole box. He wants us to have the whole loaf. He wants us to have everything that, we, that our heart desires within those realms. Not crazy stuff. I want a hot wife and a Ferrari and a big house, you know. You know, I want to live in Mar-a-Lago and Trump's old house, whatever. You know, that's not within God's will. Stuff to pray within God's will or, you know, God, I want to be prosperous. I want to serve you. I want to, I want to, I want to do something meaning or something worthwhile with my life. I want to serve you. I want to serve others. That's how we get blessed, right? We, we like to give, don't we? Even if we're kind of selfish, we even like we at holidays we like we like to go shopping. We like to bless people with things. God likes to bless us with things. But things that bless him. Encouragement, service, right? Matthew 28:19 says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations." He wants us to share the good news. He wants us to tell people about where we came from. He wants us to share who we are, you know? 
not be embarrassed of who you were. You know, the whole anonymity thing for AA never worked for me, right? Yeah, I'm panicking in the middle of the night. I'm about to relapse, but I'm going to call that guy that Jason R., all right, I'm going to call Jason R., because he told me if I ever felt like this at 2 o'clock in the morning, I could call him. So get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and grab a phone book or go on Google, whatever, and look up Jason R. There's Rodriguez, there's Ramirez, there's Randazzo. I mean, what's his last name? I, I don't know because he wouldn't tell me it was a secret. It's, an, it's anonymity, Right? When I got sober, I wanted everybody to know this is who I am. This is the stuff that I always try to do, so keep an eye on me. And if you see me doing something, you holler, my, you, hey, my Casey, what are you doing over there? Right? You need to know who I am. I, the anonymity is over. It's all out in the open, right? It, it is. It's, it's all out in the open. When I, and I've said it before. When I stood up in, the, in a church service, on a Wednesday night, raining like crazy, and announced to the entire congregation that I was a heroin addict. It was like, <gasps> Pastor Bill had no idea what to do. Somebody go pray for that, brother. That's what he said. And then poor Susie jumped up and said, me too. I was like, all right. But I had reached a point where people had to know that I wasn't okay. Because we assume that everybody walking into church on Sunday is okay. Their lives are great. Some of the biggest yelling matches that I've ever had with Michelle were driving down that little windy road. You're screaming at each other at the you know, top of your lungs, spit coming out and, you know, and just fogging up the windows and you're just, ah! You know, and then you park and you get out and you're like, hey, good morning. <laughs> Praise Jesus. You know? Because you go to church doesn't mean you're okay. What going to church means is you need Jesus. Right? And what I love about when I come up here during the last song, before I come up here to speak, is I look out and I would say nobody in the world that walked in here blindfolded, would look out at you guys, and even in their wildest imagination, think this is a rehab meeting. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't look like a rehab meeting. There's no smoke, so it doesn't smell like a rehab meeting. Right? We have better snacks and coffee than a rehab meeting. Right? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all the other rehab meetings. But what we try to do here is focus on, on Jesus Christ, on the freedom that he offers us, on the rehabilitation that he offers us, on the chance and the opportunity he gives us to love on one another, one another to congratulate one another. You know, Michelle had to go downstairs because there were so many kids. So many kids. Do you know what a blessing that is to have so many children down there? That means there's parents up here that need to be in here, right? That, that is a blessing. You know, I was talking to a, a friend a while back. Uh, he was a part of the ministry, him and his wife, for like seven, eight years. 
And I just called him out of the blue a few weeks ago when I asked him how he was doing. His, his two kids were a part of the children's ministry downstairs for all those years. You know, they were going through their stuff because their parents were going through their stuff. So I was asking him, you know, how, how are the kids? You know, and he said, well, Jasmine's getting ready to get married. She's doing really well. And Junior, who was, who was, a, who was a problem, right, many times they got called out to go downstairs, you know, number on the board, hey, got to go. And, uh, and I asked him, well, how's Junior doing? He said, well, he actually, he went in the military. He did really well. He came out. And he's a Sacramento County deputy sheriff. And he recently was, went to a call and helped to negotiate the release of a two-year-old that was being held with a knife to his throat. Okay? Not only was he holding with, but and, and listening to Junior, because his dad actually sent me the body cam footage, listening to him negotiate with compassion to this guy. No, we're here to help you. We don't want to hurt you. The guy went on to light the apartment building on fire with all of them in it. I mean, fully raging apartment building, and they're still standing there just negotiating, and, you know, and it's like, holy cow. And it had a good outcome for the child and for the dad. But when I think about that this meeting existed and, and the parents were able to come here and there was a safe place for the kids to be. It makes me really happy to know that there's a bunch of kids down there today that are with people that understand what they're going through, right? And can speak to them where they're at, where their little minds are at. So we're, we're, not, we're not the only ones up getting fed. There's like 15 kids downstairs getting fed as well, you know? being talked to with compassion and understanding, being taken out to play, whatever activity they're doing, they get that opportunity to be together while their parents get the opportunity to be here and hopefully make some better choices so that they have a better future as well. So it's not just about us sitting here and it's not just about those kids downstairs. It's about all, of, all, of, all the people that we affect and that those kids affect and it's, it's amazing the ripple that comes out from this room. You know, we used to meet downstairs when this meeting first started. And uh, Pastor Nate made the comment one time about the, the church really kind of having a different flavor because of what was going on. And we, he likened it to like the, 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 the simmering that was going on downstairs in people's life and that coming up and heating up the church, you know, because this church has a recovery meeting connected to it and a recovery home connected to it, we are enabling so many people within the body of Christ to connect and see and understand and have compassion for a people group that they may never have been exposed to. So that blesses the church. That gives them something to think about. That gives them like, oh, this is what I'm, this is what I'm supporting. You know, this is who I, I get to see the people that I'm actually helping. Because I had a, a couple come to me after the bridge dinner, and they said, you know, we write checks every month to these organizations, and we drop them in the mailbox, and that's that. If we supported this, we could see it a couple of times a week. We could see the people that were a blessing. We could sit in church next to them. 
We could sit behind the ladies or behind the guys, right? Or we could come to the recovery meeting and see what's going on in their lives. And that is the beauty of what Christ brought to the believer. That compassion that people have that just want to help. You know, I was so suspicious of every person. Well, why do you want to help me? You know, what's in it for you? You know, what, what do you get out of it, right? I think some of us have been that way, right? You meet your mentor, and it's like, you know, I'm sure Casey sized up Ernst, you know, right? What's this guy want? You know, obviously he doesn't want to borrow any money. He's got a nice car, right? Why is he, why is he even talking to me, right? Why do you want to help me? What do you get out of it? And then we start to realize the gift that he is getting out of this way bigger than the gift that you're getting. Because he is giving that thing that he said earlier that you have to give away. And you don't really experience the full joy of Christ until you say, hey, I'm going to give you some of this. And you watch that affect somebody's life and watch the joy they have. It's amazing. When you help somebody and you watch their life change because of that few minutes you took or that prayer you said or that good morning that you said and you can take part ownership in that, that's what it's all about, right? Imagine Christ with his disciples. Man, these guys are a bunch of knuckleheads. They, you know, right? Think about it. It's kind of like the bridge, right? You know? These people were just doing what they were doing, and they didn't get it. They reluctantly followed Christ. And because of that, they were blessed, and they spread the gospel to the entire world. You know? So, like, if you do the call to action like Ernst said, what are we going to do with this information? You know? Because we're all going to end up like Reed someday. We all, we all will. I'm not saying from an overdose, but we're all going to end up being absent from the body and being present from the Lord. But what are we going to do in the meantime to bless and be a good steward of that, that? You know, you're like, well, what has God given me? Well, today he's given you breath and sobriety. I mean, come on, think about it. How bad did you want that? How, how many times did you say, if I could just get sober? 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 Well, Congratulations. Amen? Right? You are here tonight, and by God's grace, you are sober. So God gave you that. So my question to you is then, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to just say, okay, thank you, I got it, it's mine? Or are you going to celebrate it? Are you going to be nicer to somebody? Are you going to share with somebody? Are you going to encourage somebody? Are you going to invite somebody? We have a lot more seats in here, right? We have sanctuary too. We can stream over there, right? That's what it's about. It's about sharing your testimony, sharing the good news of a risen Savior, you know? But that's what people need. I, I got the opportunity to go into the jail last week with Bob to talk with about a dozen guys. And I enjoy doing that. I really do. But when you have a dozen guys that all want to go home with you, that all want to come into the bridge, and you have zero beds, it becomes, then it becomes a burden on my heart. 
Like, because there's nothing I can do for them right now. So all I can do for them right now is keep being faithful in what I'm doing here. And then I'll let God worry about that, right? Because that's, that's, frankly, that's, that's what he's in the business of doing, right? He doesn't need me, right? He doesn't. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and I have confounded plenty of wise. Because I am the fool of fools. And I'm just simply allowing God to use my life to glorify him. And that's what it's about. Amen? So I'm going to invite Dan and Natalie. I don't know where they're at. There they come. I'm going to let Dan share this. So uh, I got the opportunity to take uh, uh, me and Tommy and Dan and Natalie and Bumper and Bob went to the uh, Korean barbecue, right? Now, you have a two-hour cable limit. So all the food you can eat in two hours. All the food you can eat in two hours. My only fear about going back is that they somehow snapped a picture of us <laughs> while we were eating, and we're going to be on the door. Like, don't allow these guys in. Because we tore that place up, right? Right? But we had a good time. And, and Dan and Natalie, and Dan shared a little, bit, a little bit of it when he shared his story. While He, he shared this more in-depth story about him and Natalie, and I was so touched by it. I was like, man, that is, that's crazy. You need to come and share that. And so... They're going to share, or Dan's going to share that story with us, or they're going to share that story. And uh, it's going to be a blessing for you guys. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. I do thank you for, for tonight, for each and every person here. Thank you for the awesome sobriety that's here tonight, the spirit that's in the house tonight. Lord, so we ask you to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.